0: From the Elliott Avenue studios of Sports Radio 950 KJR, this is Sounders Weekly with your host, Jackson Feltz.
1: Good evening and welcome to Sounders Weekly. You're listening to the new home of Seattle Sounders FC, Sports Radio 950 KJR. This is your weekly show. Every Tuesday evening from 7 to 8 p.m. here on KJR, we talk Seattle Sounders, only Seattle Sounders. Got a big show here for you tonight. Unfortunately, a lot of tonight's show will be talking about a loss that this team took this last weekend, one to nothing at the hands of Real Salt Lake. Salt Lake came in here to CenturyLink Field and got business taken care of. Unfortunately, the Sounders attack another game without a goal as they look to turn that attack around. That is something that this team is going to be continuing to focus on. I'm going to talk today about that in extens- extensively with Danny Jackson. He is... One of my analysts that joins our Sounder broadcasts for pregame, halftime, postgame. Going to also speak with Sounder's general manager and president of soccer, Garth Loggerway. And Jordy DeLem, Sounder's defender. He's a central defensive midfielder. He plays some center back. He uh, joined me for a chat earlier this afternoon, so got that recorded, and you're going to hear that at about 7.50 tonight. Uh, Jordy DeLem plays with Martinique. He's, uh, he's a very much of a versatile defensive player for this team. Uh, cool chat we had. Uh, he has some thoughts on the attack as well. Uh, also, some fun rapid-fire rapid questions where you'll get to know his uh, favorite food, his interest in Fortnite, uh, some other video games, we have a fun chat there, so hear from that later in the show. Uh, also, by the way, uh, one thing that I'm going to talk to Garth Loggerway about, I have a lot of things I want to talk to Garth about, but one of the first things is MLS awards Cincinnati, a, a MLS expansion team. So Cincinnati will be joining MLS, if all continues to roll as it should, at the start of next season, which is an awesome, awesome story after their support uh, has been just unwavering for a long time. Cincinnati getting an MLS team. going to talk to, hopefully, Danny Jackson about that too here, Momentarily. Last thing I'll do before we do bring Danny Jackson on is it is our Hyatt at all of eight all of eight monthly trivia feature. Uh, our trivia question today is presented by Hyatt at All of Eight, the official hotel partner of Seattle Sounders FC. Today, our winner will receive a gift certificate for a sixty-minute treatment at uh, Elia Spa and a- at the Hyatt at All of Eight. Uh, I-, I was checking their website earlier today to see, you know, what Elia, I should say, has to offer in terms of their treatments, and it looks pretty good. There's like ten different massages, a whole bunch of different things that you can get for that sixty-minute treatment. So a very good prize. Here. All you have to do is call in at 206 286 9595 or 1 800 829 0950 and answer this question correctly. The question is this Which college did Jordan Morris and Chad Marshall both attend? Which college did Jordan Morris and Chad Marshall both attend? And as a hint, my producer for the night, Niner Nate, actually worked for this school. So there you go. Uh, call in 206-286-9595. one 800 9 Five oh, which college Jordan Morris and Chad Marshall both attend? We'll uh, we'll figure out which winner calls in momentarily uh, when when Niner Nate gets the answer. But as for right now, we turn our attention back to this Seattle Sounder team and what happened this last Saturday. Joining me now here on Sounders Weekly today is going to be my good friend and broadcast partner for pregame, halftime, and postgame, Danny Jackson. Danny, thanks so much for being here tonight.
2: Hey, Jackson, how are you?
1: Doing good, Danny. So unfortunately, as I said, we are talking about a Sounder FC loss this last weekend. It's one nothing to Real Salt Lake. Before we talk about that, I mentioned a few, a few minutes ago Cincinnati getting, getting an MLS squad. So before we dive into the, the Sounders loss, before I forget, and I absolutely would forget later on in the interview, uh, what are your thoughts on, on Cincinnati becoming the newest part of MLS?
2: Well, it's exciting. I mean, when you think about the new franchises that are coming league, LAFC and what they've done this year in terms of on the field, off the field, a new stadium, a $350 million stadium, that really set the benchmark um, for what a new soccer stadium should be. And that kind of follows the path of what MLS want. They want franchises that have soccer-specific stadiums that have a supportive ownership and a strong fan base. And I think Cincinnati... They've proven that in, uh, in the last few years, they have an average attendance of over, over 21,000 already. They have a supportive ownership, and they are building a um, soccer-specific stadium, I believe, in downtown Cincinnati. I think that will get the green light now. So um, I think it's going to be ex- extremely exciting. Columbus, you know, what's going to happen in, in you know, their situations or a void is going to have to be filled in that area of the country. It's 100 miles between Columbus and Columbus, with well, a crew play right now, but obviously the Austin um, potential, uh, to Cincinnati. So I think it's a, it's a really strategic move. It's a good move. It's the 26th round chase. I think it's super exciting for this league to see what MLS has become Certainly, over the last 10 years.
1: And it really started, I think, with the Sounders and their introduction to this league in 2009. And then
2: you obviously see the teams that have come through since then.
1: Yeah, I think when you look at Cincinnati and the support that they showed in the U.S. Open Cup last year, that that spectacular showing with tens of thousands of people at the stadium, uh, and I, th- I think you're right. Reading here in in the various articles, they are going to get that soccer-specific stadium. And uh, I mean, man, that that rivalry with Columbus would be something special if if Columbus can can stay in MLS and, and not move to Austin. I know that there's the large Save the Crew movement. We saw a bunch of signs when Columbus came to town a few weeks ago. So that'll be an interesting story to watch, but it, it's great for Cincinnati to, to be able to get that MLS squad. They'll be a great part of this league going forward. Uh, all right, Danny, let's switch gears and, and look back here to the great Northwest, our Emerald City, and the loss that happened for the Seattle Sounders, one nothing against Real Salt Lake. Uh, you were very poignant and, and had a whole bunch of great comments on our postgame show. And I kind of wanted, for those who didn't hear, I wanted to kind of ask you again just your overall thoughts on that performance by the team, falling one nothing to Salt Lake on Saturday.
2: Well, I think you know the boos at the end of the game. We mentioned it in the post game; really said it all.
1: You don't hear this crowd boo the team on the field
2: very much, and I think it was a poignant moment uh, for this franchise, certainly this year. I think it creates some some realism in terms of where this team is at. I mean, we have eight points right now in ten games. RSL is in ninth place, we're in 11th, and RSL have 16 points. And you can see the lack of quality we saw at RSL, really, became made it even more disappointing how we lost that game in the way that we did. So, yes, I think there's a lot of things said. Brian Shvetra talked about it. Little things matter. The important thing now is to focus on this weekend three points. We talked about must-win. It felt like Groundhog Day, we did the uh, the pregame, thinking yeah. this is a must-win where we are right now. Um, And it just felt like the team, when I was watching the game in the second half, 1-0 down, it just didn't feel like the team was down 1-0. The urgency wasn't there on the field. And, you know, for any fan, I don't think you get a boo from any fan if you can see this team commit everything they have to trying to get a goal, trying to get a win. And I think there was just something missing in this team, whether it's, players looking around, waiting for that that player to come back, whether it's a Lidero, and we talked about the players missing, I mean, there was eight starting players missing from the eleven. right? I mean, that's a fact, and that's hard to come by for any team, any franchise, especially in this league. We don't have the depth of a Manchester City, a Barcelona, a Real Madrid, a Man United, right? We have to rely on players like Morris, Alonso, Lidero, Torres, Rodriguez, and Bruin, hopefully they'll be close to coming back. These types of players will be missing. And then, of course, you, you require Dempsey to play up front in a 4-1-4-1 in the formation that Brian put out um, this past weekend. And that's not his natural position. You know, he's coming towards the end of his career. We need him to be sniffing around the top of the box, finding those pockets of space when the cross comes in. He's not a player to be that lone striker, to play with his back to goal. I mean, he took hits, and you've got to give him credit. He was disciplined, I believe, as best he could be in the game against RSL, probably frustrated he didn't get the service that he would expect to try and get goal-scoring opportunities. And But he took some hits. He, he kind of led the line as best he could. But, you know, when you look at the Portland game, when he had to play up front on his own based on injuries, um, and then, of course, this past weekend, uh, doing the same thing, that's not his position, especially at this point in his career. Right. He needs to feed off players like Bruin. He needs to have people like a Morris, ideally, or that type of player, to run in behind and then find those pockets of space. So um, getting the best out of Dempsey right now with the players that are missing is going to be key for Brian. And making sure the young guys step up, you know, stop waiting for players to come back. Step up, do your job, which is obviously next man up is what Brian Schmetzer always talks about.
3: And it really is
2: going to be that for this weekend. You know, the focus, I don't believe, is going to change too much this week in terms of what to work on. it will be fine-tuning some stuff. But, you know, you can't beat these guys down you know, every single week based on bad results. you just got to let these guys get out there. There's enough experience on the team still with the Chad Marshalls of the world out there, the Stefan fries. These are the players need to galvanize this squad. Whoever's going to be out in the field this weekend to get three points.
1: That's the voice of Danny Jackson. He's a former Sounder captain, also Sounder broadcast analyst here on KJR pregame. Halftime, post-game, you'll hear him on our each of our game broadcasts. Uh, Danny, a lot to unpack there. Uh, let's start with Clint Dempsey, who you mentioned playing out of his normal position. We heard that uh, from Brian Spencer after the match. He's playing there because of those injuries, as we talked about. You know, and one of the things Spencer talked about in, in the post-game press conference was you know needing to put him in the right positions to use him, you know, and and get the right balls to him and whatnot. But how? What other ways can you use Clint Dempsey right now other than up top at forward and We'll get to you know, the return of Will Bruin and Victor Rodriguez possibly here in a moment. But if, if they aren't available on Saturday, say, in Salt Lake, what else could you do with a Clint Dempsey to get him in those right positions? Because it seems right now where if he isn't giving you what you need at that forward spot, you know, what's the definition of insanity, right? You can't keep banging your head against a wall. You got to figure out to, something different to do with Clint Dempsey. What could that be?
2: You know, Jess, I don't know if there's a great answer to that question. I think it's kind of taking pieces from different areas of the field and trying to feed the ball into an area where you can score goals. I mean, obviously, any MLS team going away from home, it's always tough. You're always playing a little bit with your back against the wall. We've seen that um, that level of urgency being played with the Columbus crew down to 10 minutes of 75 minutes and how disciplined they were and how tough they were to break down. But right. You know, when you're devoid of ideas a little bit, you need to look and hopefully be inspired by somebody like Clint Dempsey. So, yes, you have to find him a space on the field that he's going to deliver. You know, Henry Wingo could be a player. You play up front, athletic kid, can get in behind. We need a way to stretch this back for whoever we play against and stretch the back line of the opposition team to then allow some more space in the midfield. But, uh, you know, in this situation, if Rodriguez comes back, He's a player, I think, that Clint Duffy could be inspired by, you know, similar type of mentality, crafty, good quality, good technique, good experience. So I think Clint Duffy likes those players around him. We think about the, ex- the experience and the uh, the partnership he had with Oba when he was here and just those guys working together. He needs to be connected to somebody around him. He can play combinations in and around the box. We talked about that at halftime against RSL. Can you get the ball in the offensive third? and get the guys in and around that top of the box, connecting with quick passes to get a chance on goal. So, you know, it, it is a conundrum. I think you've got to pull a guy like Dempsey to the side and kind of work with him on what could be best for his game at this point in time. How does he feel after RSL physically uh, and mentally? You know, in the end of the day, this is a mental fight to get yourself out of a hole. And like I said, we're on eight points in 10 games. You know, this, the gap is starting to widen between us and, and the, the teams above us. So, you know, yes, we're in May still. Um, there's no reason truly to panic, I don't believe, if we can see performance on the field. But at the end of the day, make it ugly. Get three points and just get Dempsey in a position to score some goals. And, you know, like I said, whether that's from a set piece, whether that's from wide areas, whether that's from a Bruno or Rodriguez playing, you know, whoever it can be, we've just got to get some goals.
1: You talk about stretching the stretching the, the back four there and stretching the field to get more space in the midfield. And uh, one way to do that is through speed and through guys stretching it, whether it's at the top where Jordan Morris used to stretch it out at the four position or speed on the wings. Well, one of your fastest guys on the team, Handwell Obwana, goes down with an injury in the first half. It just, I mean, it, it just continues. I mean, they, they use the old Dave Niehaus phrase, it just continues my own mind. This is, this is amazing. I mean, another injury, and we don't know the severity yet for Handwell Obwana. He had an MRI, uh, earlier today, according to Brian Schmetzer, so we'll see what happens with that. You know, just, just kind of just, you know, fingers crossed that all is going to be well with Henuel Abuna for a speedy guy. What I've noticed and what I want to ask you about is just how much that game changed from when Henuel Abuna was on the field, and you know, some things were were, were moving pretty good. And then when Henuel came off, as you talked about in the opening thought, it, it just there didn't seem to be that urgency. There didn't there didn't seem to be that pace. And I think Henuel Buana certainly changes the attack in many ways. Is that kind of what you saw from from the kid?
2: Yeah, I, I agree. And uh, I think he was lively in the first you know, 25, 30 minutes. He dropped his shoulder, came in from the left onto his right foot inside, combined well. He's got quick feet. He's a young kid. Uh, you know, we talked about Buwana playing with courage, playing with no fear, and that's mm-hmm. how he started that game. And I think when you are lacking a level of quality, um in terms of the players are out, you're looking for somebody to do something a little bit different, and he is a different type of player. Um, you add him to the team, he does do something a little bit different. And we talk a lot about you know, the nuances of playing uh, in, in a game, and you have to challenge the person you're playing against. I think Boana was doing that. He was making the outside back think: Is he going to go outside? Is he going to come inside? You know, that's where you have to run in behind. And as I mentioned, I think in pre-game I said, you know, one of my kicks of the game was a Buana doing something a little bit different, just Mm -hmm. come off the field exhausted, whether that's coming off after 60 minutes, 70 minutes, obviously came off injured, which was unfortunate. But, you know, can he push himself, and press himself? Because at the end of the day, the opportunity to impress, uh, it's not a big window of opportunity, especially when you have so much talent coming back, hopefully over the next, you know, two, four, six weeks. You've got to take your chance. And you can't just keep waiting and waiting and playing it safe. I think Hanwala was in a position where he realized that. He was playing um, with courage in terms of when he had the ball. And I think he was playing well and combining well with the players around him. So yeah. Brian said it in post-game. I think we mentioned it as well. It was unfortunate. It did change the game. It did seem to kind of affect it. Salah in the Champions League, similar type of effect.
3: Yeah. Similar
2: time in the first half. He went off and... It just changed the game. It made um, Seattle, I think, a little bit more stagnant, a little bit more predictable, uh, and that's not what you want when you're playing at home.
1: Danny Jackson's my guest here on Sounders Weekly. Former Sounder captain, also Sounders broadcast analyst, here on KJR, uh, Danny. Let's get to the good news. Uh, this is was a big piece of good news that was just on our airwaves. I want to say about an hour and a half ago, Brian Schmetzer joined our own Dave Softy mahler and Dick Fain for an interview. And Brian Schmetzer, they asked him uh, if if you if you were given ten dollars to bet on whether Will Bruin or Victor Rodriguez would be available this Saturday in Salt Lake, he said he would put down nine dollars and eighty nine cents on both being a part of the match in some way at some point. Danny, that has to be music to a lot of Sounders fans' ears if you can get Will Bruin and, Vi- and Victor Rodriguez, who hasn't played at all really much this season you know for, for the team. If you can get both of them back in this attack, even if it's a second-half sub, just getting them back on the field is going to be such a boost.
2: Well, I agree. And, you know, I certainly think of Rodriguez. We've talked about his experience, you know, playing... You know, in MLS for a while last year and certainly playing abroad in Europe. He's got gunners, he's got quality, certainly good technique. He's got to inspire a player like Dempsey who probably appreciates that type of quality. They can get him the ball, they can combine in that attacking third. And you add a Bruin that, that needs to be that battering ram up front, right? Play with his back to guard. Mm-hmm. We've seen Lou Bruin be the target man to be able to flip balls on for, 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 for runners in behind. We've seen that with, I think, a Bruin and a Dempsey against Colorado last year with a great goal from from Dempsey when he hit it with his left foot. So, I just those two players changes things up. I think the back line has been solid. I think Steve Zakuani's talked about it. Um, you know, in some of the uh, the um, the pregame stuff that he's done, uh, the back four has been solid. Stefan Fry has been solid. I think it's only twelve goals against in ten games. Pretty solid. Um, Chad Marshall is, is is obviously just a quality player. that's playing well. We have laid down back in the team fit after. A, you know, a slow start in terms of injuries for him and knew who was getting more involved on the left-hand side. I thought delim was solid in that holding midfield um, position. Surprised that he came off, um, especially the way the team was playing. We were still at 0-0 at that point. He comes off. Brian makes a few tweaks uh, to the formation and personnel. And, of course, we can see it after he comes off. So I think you've got a strong base. Now if you can add one or two players in front that can make something happen, can put the back... Uh, the defense for the other team, on the back foot, on their heels, challenge them with different types of players. You know, those players are always looking for something a little bit different, a little bit new when you're struggling. We saw that in summer of 2016 when Brian Schmetzer came in. We saw Ladero come in exactly the same time. It inspired this team to go on a run to playoffs, to the MLS Championship. I think Brian's going to probably speak to that mentality of the summer of 2016, This week, you know, that type of roll your sleeves up, back against the wall, here we go. And I think that's the message that Brian's going to be giving to his team. Make it simple, make it crisp, make it concise. You don't have to overcomplicate it right now. It's all about rolling your sleeves up and getting the job done.
1: Saturday at 6.30 p.m. We're just about four days away now After the, with a short week uh, from the next game. They have a short time here to prepare. Going to Real Salt Lake, in this, it's kind of like a playoff series, right? It, you know, we look at it like the first leg, and now they have the second leg to move on, right? That's, that's another way of looking at it, maybe. It, it, it.
2: It is, and it's interesting to have two games back-to-back with the yeah. same team, right? I mean, it's not an easy right. play. It's a little bit of altitude. It's not going to be crazy heat up there, but, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, it, yeah. it really is. I mean, if you're 1-0 down, get a 2-0 win. You feel good about it for, for a whole manner of different reasons.
1: Danny, we'll talk more about this game on Saturday. I believe you're on the broadcast with me. So uh, we'll, oh, yeah. we, uh, we'll preview more uh, about the game on Saturday. Pre-game starts at 6 o'clock there on Saturday. Uh, Danny Jackson, former Sounder captain and current Sounders broadcast analyst, thanks again for joining me here tonight on Sounders Weekly.
2: Hey, Jackson. Thanks. Have a good rest of the show. All
1: right, thanks so much, Danny. Danny Jackson, thanks to him for joining me. Got a big show left here for you tonight. Garth Lagerwey, Sounders General Manager and President of Soccer, should be calling us in just about five, six minutes here on the show. Jordy DeLem, Sounders Defender, and I had a really good chat. Uh, you'll hear that coming up about 7.50 here tonight on the show. Uh, he uh, talked about he has another take, just like Danny Jackson. He has thoughts on this Sounder attack right now. Also has uh, some fun rapid fire. We have some fun rapid fire questions where we talk about uh, his favorite food. We talk about restaurants. We talk about video games. Uh, his best career moment. A lot of fun stuff with Jordy DeLem as well. Uh, and again, a lot to come up still talking about this Salt Lake game. I'm going to talk a little bit about it with Garth Lagaway. And then 6 o'clock pregame starts on Saturday. Danny Jackson and I will continue to break down this Sounders versus RSL playoff series, if you want to call it that. It's a it's a home-and-home home series that the Sounders will try to capture this later this week. Alright, coming back next on Sounders Weekly, Sounders General manager and president of soccer garth Logaway. you're listening to the new home of seattle sounders fc sports radio 950
0: kjr Dude, I- now back to sounders weekly on your home for sounders fc seattle's sports radio 950 kjr
1: welcome back to sounders weekly you're listening to the new home of the seattle sounders sports radio 950 kjr jackson feltz here in the carter volkswagen studios as we bring you the show this evening thanks again to danny jackson for just joining me that last segment talking about uh, RSL coming off of that loss and how to approach this next game this saturday in utah all right it is time as always here on sounders weekly to welcome on sanders general manager and president of soccer garth logway garth good evening
0: hey uh good to be back jackson
1: Good to have you, Garth. So before we get into the Seattle Sounders news uh, and talk about everything that's going on with this team, I wanted to start off by talking about the sort of breaking news that just happened a few hours ago via social media on Periscope. I was watching it. Don Garber uh, with the various Cincinnati officials as FC Cincinnati was awarded an MLS expansion team just a few hours ago. Wanted to get your first impressions on that city, their soccer culture, their soccer support. Uh, I was heavily featured during the U.S. Open Cup last year with, I think it was something like 30,000 fans. It was an impressive showing. What your thoughts on Cincinnati getting an expansion team are? Uh,
0: I think it's cool. You know, it potentially sets up a rival with Columbus there in the state of Ohio. Uh, I spent a year in Cincinnati as a kid uh, in uh, the mid-70s when the huh. big big red machine was a thing when it went in titles. Um, so I, I've always had a special place for Cincinnati in my heart, but it, look, it's, I think it's Big picture, another sign of progress and growth for the league. You know, I think you're up to 26 teams now, if I'm counting right. Uh, if you had Nashville and, and, uh, Miami and Cincinnati. And so MLS continues to expand at a rapid clip and that's really encouraging, uh, for the league. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll wait and see details of the Cincinnati bid coming forward, but. Uh, certainly seems like another another positive move for MLS.
1: Yeah, it was great to see their stadium situation get figured out, it appears, and and they'll be starting in MLS in 2019, if all goes according to plan, so that's that's awesome. Garth, switching gears, back to the Seattle Sounders. Coming off of a one nothing loss to Real Salt Lake this last Saturday, uh, now another match. It's kind of like a home-and-home series in Utah this Saturday evening, 6.30 p.m. kickoff right here on KJR. I'm wondering, with a series like this where you play the same team in back-to-back weeks. Is it possible to treat this next game sort of like the second leg of a playoff series? Is it possible to create sort of a must-win mentality within this team, or does this team even need the must-win mentality right now?
0: I look, I mean, for where we are on the table, we got to win every game. You know, I, I think we've done a little bit what we did with uh, Columbus uh, last a couple weeks ago, where we, we, we didn't capitalize on the situation where we're up a man for 75 minutes and um, you know, gave away some easy points and then had to go make them up the hard way in Toronto. Now we were successful in doing that and, and you know, we've given up some points arguably on the easier end in the home leg. Uh, and now we got to do it, go do it the hard way, uh, away at RSL. That's it. It's not an easy place to play, but I, I think our guys will be up for it. And, um, we got to go do it the hard way. We got we got to get the points and we need them. And, you know, there's just no two ways about that at this point.
1: So from a player perspective, and you obviously having played, what is the mentality playing the same team in back-to-back weeks not in the playoffs? Is it possible to kind of capture and almost fabricate that playoff-like mentality of facing the same week? Is it sort of like a natural mentality you just go back to?
0: Sure, yeah. I imagine there's some parallels. I mean, Certainly from a scouting perspective, things aren't going to change much week to week. Uh, So it comes down to often how we execute how we want to play. Uh, and you know, that's, that's what we'll do. That's what we'll go forward with. And, um, you know, we'll try to, again, I don't, I just don't think we're going to have a problem with intensity, whether this is a playoff game or non-playoff game in the sense that it's a game that we have to win. So we're going to go do our best.
1: Garth, you spent seven years with Real Salt Lake. Uh, I want to take you back a little bit uh, and dive into the mind of Garth Lagerwey. What were some of the most important lessons you learned in those years in Salt Lake that made you a better general manager with the Seattle Sounders?
0: Um, I, I think some of the things that, that apply, whether you're at a small club or a big club, uh, are uh, you know, certainly how you treat people, um, that you have more resources and more stuff you can do and It's still really important, arguably more important on a bigger staff, a bigger organization um, to treat people well and to try to work proactively to include their input and to make sure you're using all of these resources that you have. You don't just have them circulating around you. Um, maybe, I think certainly being efficient is something that is really applicable or translatable from small club to big club where small clubs you do a lot of things because you have to um but those same concepts uh in a big club i think can be effective as well where uh you really have to make every decision to extract the greatest value you can whether that's personnel uh or tactics or contracts and you know that's the way We want to operate going forward, and um, doing that will be aggressive in terms of securing high-end guys and DP spend to make our team better.
1: Sounders general manager and president of soccer, Garth Lagerway joining me here on Sounders Weekly. Garth, due to injuries, Clint Dempsey gets another start at the forward position. Brian Schmetzer said after the match, it's not his natural position. It's a difficult position for him to play, obviously, due to his age being a factor in that. Wanted to get your opinion on his performances up top, because I feel like a lot of the blame is being shouldered by Clint Dempsey for the way the attack has performed. And obviously, we know there is more than one person to an attack.
0: Yeah, look, we can collect create more chances collectively there's no no doubt about that and and prince forte is finishing those chances so uh if he's starved of service we're not going to play to his strengths as a player um you know when he's playing up there as the false nine you know he's more isolated and we know again we need to try to bring players close to him to help them connect uh and then hopefully uh continue to to generate chances and you know it's it's not about Clint or Kelvin Leardham or Steph Fry, you know, individually. It's about the team. And right now, with as depleted as we are, we need everybody. And we need everybody to work together and work collectively and be a good teammate and work for each other. And, you know, that's how we're going to generate goals right now. We're not going to steamroll teams with our talent. Um, you know, we're going to have to be cohesive and we're going to have to be efficient. And, you know, Clint's a part of that for sure. Uh, but, look, I, I just don't believe that Clint's going to go, you know, nine more games without scoring a goal. Like, he's going to score a bunch of goals here at some point once he gets going. So we just got to give him a chance to get going and and get on the scoreboard and hopefully get us on the scoreboard. And, and, you know, then, look, hopefully get the group in in a better place.
1: Right, it's sort of like Schmetzer has said multiple times, once the dam breaks, the water is going to rush through, and a lot of it. Good news also coming today that it looks like Will Bruin and Victor Rodriguez, there is progress for those guys, and if all goes well this week with practice, we could see them available on Saturday, so fingers crossed for those guys, because that would be a big boost to the attack as well. Uh, Garth, another guy that is new to this team and the attack, Felix Chenkum, signed him from S2 to the first team last week. What does he add to the attack when he gets time, and what do you see from him in Tacoma that Earned this jump.
0: Uh, you know, some of it's necessity. <laughs> we, mm-hmm. we have two guys out right now at his position of the first team, and you know, in MLS at least, you you really don't sign more than uh, three guys. Dempsey being our third choice uh, at that position, uh, so we needed some depth. We needed some. We needed a backup. Uh, and likewise, he's a kid who's worked hard. He came in at the preseason and worked hard, and uh, you know, he's earned his opportunity. So you know, he'll get it. And. You know, we need everybody, again again, an organization to contribute if we're going to pull, pull out of this. And uh, you know, hopefully, Felix can be part of that solution.
1: So, diving into that addition, it also takes up an international roster spot. And I wondered how exactly that, does that work? Can you send him back down to S two to reopen that spot? And how many times that switch could happen in a single season?
0: Yeah, we have an open international spot right now. So, so Chenkum used our eighth, uh, international, eighth and final international spot. And with any of these guys, you know, not just Felix, but with any of our players, we can load them back down to S2 at any point, uh, or, or to any other USL team or any other team in the world for that matter, um, in terms of opening up an international spot if we felt like another player would be a better use of that spot.
1: You talked about loaning guys there, and Paul Tenorio, he writes for The Athletic, he wrote an article last week about the lack of loans in MLS just from club to club. You loaned Aaron Kovar to LAFC earlier this year, but I wanted to get your thoughts on why we may not see as many club to club loans just to get guys, as you've talked about with Aaron Kovar, that fresh start, that fresh look to try to get them just a new setting, a new atmosphere to regain you know, or to find something new in their game.
0: You know, I, I think younger players still aren't maybe as well-known as they should be. Um, it, you know, teams haven't spent as many resources scouting them, and so there aren't that many young players where if they don't succeed for one club, there's another club out there that says, oh, I bet they'll succeed for me. Um, you know, certainly some high-profile high clubs with a national team, that's possible. But look, I mean, the reason why the cobar alone was possible was really because Ante Razov was on our staff here and coached them and then he joined the LAFC staff. And so... Uh, you know, he was the common thread and, you know, that led them to be willing to take a chance on a younger player. And, you know, Aaron was a guy that we didn't think was going to get a lot of time. And so we thought it was good for him. And, you know, we created the win-win and, and hopefully that's what young player loans are, win-wins. Uh, but it takes a lot of knowledge of a player and a lot of trust to be willing to execute a loan, you know, to bring one of those guys in.
1: And you have to imagine that with knowledge, it also helps with the fact that this league is, as we mentioned earlier with Cincinnati, getting larger, getting more notoriety, and getting more guys in here who can then be part of the knowledge streams for MLS clubs. Do you see that being the case, where as this league grows, then we have more people who are knowledgeable of the young players in this country, and that may increase the loans?
0: Yeah, yeah, I think... think, think there's certainly that, that possibility. I mean, there's a more and more premium being placed on domestic players. So you're going to have to get them from somewhere. You know, if well, by the time Cincinnati comes in, well, but well, I understand Cincinnati may even come in first of those three, but by the time those three come in and we're at 2016s, you know, let's say that happens, uh, in the next couple of years. So by, by 2020, hypothetically, you know, in the space of 20, uh, you know, I started at Salt Lake and, uh, came in right at the end of 2007. So in, in 13 years, we will have added 14 teams. Um, you know, I think we're, now we weren't 12. Maybe we were 14 teams uh, at that point. But at any anyway, rate, you know, the league has almost doubled in size in a little bit more than a decade. And, you know, you just – there aren't double the number of American players. You know, this is why we right. started academies. This is why we started USL teams. Uh, and so you're going to need to continue to develop players and continue to push them through your system in order to continue, uh, stay competitive.
1: Speaking of another young player, Handwella Buana. Going back to Saturday, I want to talk about him for a minute. The team looked very different before Handwella got injured, and we heard from Schmetzer today that they're having an MRI, so we hope for the best on that. Uh, It's easy to see that Handwella Buana has a bright future just from his speed and his raw talent and abilities. Uh, I wanted to see what you have seen from him so far this season and where you see his ceiling going not only here this season in 2018 but beyond as a part of the Sounders
0: the kid's got a lot of talent you know i think he can be a, a big player for the sounders going forward and it'll be up to him you know he needs to stay on the field uh he needs to learn how to ride challenges and, and uh you know he's you know he's had to come off i think twice now on of games and he, you know for a player who's as clever as he is on the ball uh he's got to continue to you know be elusive and, and understand he's going to draw tackles and draw challenges and one of the skills he has to learn is how to ride those and, and how to escape injury when he's confronted some of the time, but yet not give up doing what he's doing, running the players, being deceptive, uh, being effective. So I do think he was playing well, uh, when he came on. I do think he's done well for us this season. Uh, and he's a kid we really like, we're really high on. So, um, you know, look at the, at the end of the day, it's always up to the players. Um, you know it's up to us to give them the opportunity, and then it's up to them to take it. And so far, Hewall has done a good job of taking it. We hope we, we keep him on the field and he can, keep, he can keep growing.
1: And that's where it also helps having a lot of veterans in that attack, like a Clint Dempsey, a Will Bruin who can and Nicholas Ladero as well, being able to teach the kid how to ride with those challenges too. You have veterans who are there to help him along
0: the way. Absolutely, that helps. Having good role models always helps. Having good mentors in any walk of life helps. And those guys have all uh, been able to be helpful to, and well, and hopefully will continue to be so.
1: Sounders General Manager and President of Soccer, Garth Logaway, my guest here on Sounders Weekly. Garth, last thing here for you. Saturday's game against Real Salt Lake was pushed back from 1 o'clock to 2 o'clock to make way for the UEFA Champions League final, which they had, thankfully, going uh, all around Central Field as we media were assembled in the press box watching it. In that match, we witnessed one of the most, I would say the word, heartbreaking goalkeeping performances of all time by Liverpool's Loris Karius. As a former keeper yourself, what do you think he's dealing with right now and will it be possible for him to come back from something like that you saw him crying to fans and and apologizing after the final whistle does he need a new setting how does he come back from a a performance like that
0: uh you got to be mentally resilient to be a goalkeeper and and i look i think it's going to be it's going to be really difficult you know you saw the as you said the emotional reaction and um you know it'll depend on the reaction of the fan base and his teammates and the club and um, I think you'll figure out pretty quickly if you can come back from that or not. But I, you know, I think of, you know, to use a baseball analogy, Bill Buckner, um, yeah. you know, when the, when the ball goes through his legs, you know, he, they never, you know, he was never the same. You know, he, he never made it back from that. He never, you know, and, and he needed to change organizations. And, um, you know, this is not, you know, it's literally almost the same analogy, right? Ball goes through, balls go, ball goes through his hands yeah. in this case, which I guess it's more through Buckner's legs, but, um, You know, these plays can be absolutely devastating psychologically. And, you know, look, you you hope for the kid that he's resilient. He's still young. He's 24. Um, He's clearly really talented, you know, and so can he overcome this? And, you know, know, that'll shake out, I think, over the next couple of months. You know, clearly you can, but it's going to take an incredible character type uh, to try and do that.
1: We're talking about Bill Buckner. I remember. I think it was 2005 after the Red Sox won their World Series. They brought Bill Buckner back and everybody applauded for him. So who knows? Maybe 20 years from now, Liverpool wins the Champions League and they bring Carrius back and everybody uh, applauds his effort. You never know what happens in the long run there. But certainly that, that has to be hard for him. For Real Madrid, Garth, I mean, that's a team that has four Champions League titles in five years. A dynasty maybe like no other that we have seen in recent memory.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's historically, uh, if not unprecedented, pretty darn close. They are the best team on the planet, and, you know, they're really fun to watch. And, you know, I think when you have, you know, you win three Champions Leagues in a row, it's almost kind of hard to fathom that that one team would be able to dominate at that level. So uh, it's it's truly, truly impressive. And, you know, I think they've set the standard that everyone else is going to try to measure up to.
1: Well, the Sounders will look to measure up and take on Real Salt Lake again Saturday at 6.30 p.m. That is in Utah. We will have the broadcast right here for you on Sports Radio 950 KJR. Garth, thank you again for joining me today, and I'll talk to you next week.
0: All right. Sounds good, Jackson. Thanks for having me.
1: Great stuff there from Sounders General Manager and President of Soccer, Garth Logaway. And yeah, as I mentioned there, Real Madrid, quite the feat that they have accomplished. Four Champions League titles in five years, three in a row, as Garth mentioned. Unfathomable is a very good word that Garth used. What a Just what a run that they have had. So congratulations to them. They are the modern dynasty that is here in international soccer. All right, coming back here on Sounders Weekly, our last segment of the night. going to talk to Sounders defender Jordi DeLem. Had a great chat with him earlier earlier. earlier today we're going to talk about this recent run against rsl coming back from that he has some thoughts on the attack and have some fun rapid fire questions talking about video games and food the usual fun questions there on the rapid fire so check out that that's coming up next you're listening to sounders weekly on your new home for the seattle sounders sports radio 950 kjr
0: now back to sounders weekly on your home for sounders fc seattle sports radio 950 kjr
1: Welcome back to Sounders Weekly. You're listening to the new home of Seattle Sounders FC Sports Radio 950 KJR. Jackson Phelps back here for one more segment. We're going to hear it coming up in a second from Jordy DeLem, Sounders defender. Had a good chat with him earlier today. Hey, earlier in the show we did our Hyatt at Olive 8 monthly trivia feature. Uh, asked what college did Jordan Morris and Chad Marshall both attend. Curtis from Marysville is our winner for the day. Curtis in Marysville answered Stanford. Both Jordan Morris and Chad Marshall, of course, played at Stanford. Congrats to Curtis from Marysville. We'll do the Hyatt at eight, all of eight trivia feature again next month. All right, let's hear from Jordy DeLem. Uh, we started our conversation earlier today talking about the loss
3: to RSL. Of course, we were disappointed, you know, because we've been working very hard these two last week, and we didn't get the result we want to. But uh, it's another loss at home. For sure, it's not a good a good loss, but <clears throat> we have to keep up and keep working to, to try to score first and win some games. It's coming up. It's coming up starting this
1: week here in Salt Lake, as I mentioned, on the road. Mm-hmm. So Playing the same opponent in back-to-back weeks, is it possible at all to treat this sort of like a playoff matchup where you lost the first leg and now it's sort of like a must-win in the second leg? Is it possible to fabricate that must-win mindset,
3: sort of? Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say it's good because we have a chance to to have another good result, you know, to forget this, last, this loss at home now. We have to get focused and put us for we need to win to win against them because they beat us at home and to start winning some games.
1: What makes Real Salt Lake so difficult to both attack and
3: defend? Well, I would say we get some chances in the first half. We didn't score, so I want to say it's all four. We have to score when we have chances, because after it become difficult. If we keep defending, defending all the game, for sure at the time we will be tired and we have a lot of chance to take a goal. But I think we were defending good. Uh, we took this goal, unfortunately on I would say a little mistake. But we get some position. I think the main problem right now it's in the front. We have to score to win game. We have to score more goals. Actually, we had Will Bruin and a couple guys get injured. I hope we we'll get them back for this game.
1: Yeah, have you ever seen anything like this on another team that you've played on where there's just been this many injuries to key players?
3: Uh, not really. the first time and I find this a little bit crazy. <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, yeah, it's just ridiculous what you guys have had to, yeah. to suffer from Will Bruin to, to everybody who's now also gone at the World Cup. This team is just absolutely mm-hmm. decimated right now. It's stunning to see. Jordi Dilem is my guest, Sounders defender. Jordi, you've played, as I mentioned, a bunch of different positions for the Sounder team. Defensive, mid, you play in the midfield, you've played at centre-back as well. What, in your eyes, is your best position?
3: Uh, I think it's on the midfield. Midfield or centre-back also depends on the game, but my main position is midfield, centre-midfield.
1: In the defensive area, like what you played in the four-one-four-one this last week.
3: Yeah, exactly. I like that.
1: <laughs> so the four-one-four-one was a little bit of a different lineup. I mean, Brian Schmetzer hadn't thrown that out there in a match so far yet this season. How is that four-one-four-one strategically different from, say, the four-two-three-one that we saw for a long time, and then also the five-four-one that we saw just in the recent month here? What makes the four one four one different? And then your, if you can go into a little bit, your role as that second one in the defensive midfield.
3: My role was to stay in front of the defense, you know? To hold the defense. I think I did a good job at this point. Now, uh, when we play like this, we have to to have more movement in the front and it's not so easy for Kling to play by himself in the front, you know? He needs to have some support from the different midfielders. But we used to play like this because we missed some player. Now uh, we have to do, we've, we have to get ready. We have to do everything, uh, no matter which uh, tactic we play, but we need to score we need to win goal right now.
1: Right, you got to get that goal in the back of the net. Mm-hmm. All right, Jordy DeLem, defender for your Seattle Sounders, my guest here on Sounders Weekly. Jordy, I wrap up all of these players' interviews with some rapid-fire questions, some get-to-know-you questions for fans to get to know the players here on the Sounders. So I'm just going to rapid-fire you some questions and you give me some instant answers. Sound good? Okay, sounds good. All right, sounds good, Jordy. Let's start with this one. What has been the best moment of your soccer-playing career so far?
3: Uh, I think it was the last Gold Cup when I play against USA. Yeah. It was a great moment. I played against my friend, but also against a good team. We lost, yeah, but that was a good moment.
1: Give me one word for what it was like to play against Christian Roldan.
3: <laughs> amazing, <laughs> <laughs> amazing.
1: Uh, Jordy, what is the best restaurant you've been to here in Seattle?
3: I have a couple. I don't have one in particular, but I will say his name is Ben Taba. It's a African restaurant. Okay. Because the food likes food back home. Jordy, what is one food
1: you could eat for the rest of your life? Uh, I would say rice. I love rice. Any specific kind of rice? Any rice dish that you have to have nah. it with, or just rice on its own?
3: No, nah, I would say rice and beans. Rice and beans. <laughs> uh, Jordy,
1: you play video games. Yeah. Are you part of this Fortnite uh, craze that's currently going on? in... no, no, no,
3: no. You're not nah, part of the Fortnite not crew. Nah, no, nah, that. Nah, nah. Do you want to get in on that crew? Do you care about Fortnite at all? Yes. Uh, I'm thinking about because I feel like everybody playing this game, so maybe I may come in.
1: It's kind of a battle of succumbing to the peer pressure or not, isn't it? Yeah. Great stuff there from Sounders. Defender, Jordy DeLem, awesome stuff. If you missed any of that interview or my interview with Garth Logaway, Sounders General Manager, President of Soccer, or Danny Jackson at the start of the show, check out SportsRadioKJR.com. The Sounders Weekly page has everything for you there on demand. All right, that'll do it for the show tonight. Thanks to Nate Nelson for running the show. Thanks to Garth Loggerway, Danny Jackson, and Jordy DeLem. Great interviews there. Make sure you listen to next week's Sounders Weekly, Tuesdays at 7 p.m. And the broadcast, Saturday, 6.30 p.m., Seattle Sounders, Real Salt Lake. That's coming up next.